Good evening. Welcome to Desert Gardens. We're so happy you're here, and uh, I see several churches represented, and blessings to you. We're, we're, we're just so happy to have this, uh, oh, this sharing. And uh, thank you, Bessar Shalom, for sharing this lady. If uh, I personally, I've never heard in in person a harp concert, so I'm jiggy. <laughs> I am really jiggy. Uh, Stephanie and B.J. Burmeister, if you're from uh, Christ Community, thank you for loaning them to us. It's going to be a wonderful evening. But I, uh, <clears throat> I'll tell on myself. Richard, would you come up, please? I gave Richard my definition of what I thought Messianic is, and his was so much more fluid and comprehensive, I asked him to define Messianic for us. If you don't know, our harpist is Messianic, but I want him to give you the, the lowdown. You didn't come here for this, so I'll keep it as brief as I can. In a nutshell, a Messianic congregation is a mixture of Jewish people and believers in Jesus, all of believers in Jesus, Yeshua, come together to uh, focus on studying the Torah. The Torah is the emphasis of this Messianic congregation we go to because uh, Jesus, Yeshua, is a Torah incarnate. And so Torah in, informs everything that happens in the Old Testament, and it's incarnate in Jesus, who informs everything that's in the New Testament and our lives today. So that's the goal is to understand the Torah and how Jesus lives it out, what it means for us, how do we, how do we share that with others. And the goal is to be the one new man, the grafting of uh, Gentiles into a Jewish root. And so the goal is to essentially to reach Jewish people with the, the message that Yeshua is the Messiah. Jesus is the Christ. Thank you, sir. I love that explanation. John chapter 5, Jesus is uh, rebuking the Pharisees. And uh, I'll quote you from the message translation. He says, you have your noses buried in your Bibles because you think you'll find salvation there. And here I am standing right before you, the fulfillment of all scripture, but you can't see the forest for the trees. Well, without further ado, I'm going to turn this soiree over to uh, BJ and uh, Stephanie and let them lead us in a couple of Christmas, I won't call them carols, I prefer to call them Christmas hymns. And they sing much better than I do, so I'm going to depart. <laughs> I think of these beginning ones are congregational, so you can sing with us. It's, it's going to be yes for the congregational ones. <laughs> Joy to the world. <clears throat> 
to the world the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Let all their songs employ. While fields and floods, rocks, hills and plains repeat the sounding joy, repeat the sounding joy, repeat, repeat the sounding joy. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the turn her up a little bit. Okay, good. Sorry about that.
to hear you sing. Yeah, <laughs> you guys, you guys are doing great. Um, this next one, "Go Tell It on the Mountain," was written right here in the United States, <laughs> and it was written during the time of slavery. Um, and you know, slavery is one of those things where God took lemons and made lemonade because the, the people in Africa were not getting the gospel. And mean people did mean things to bring the slaves over here, but guess what they got when they got here? They got the gospel. So, and, and it's a great message for us to go tell it on the mountain. So. have been to a harp concert? Yeah, you don't count. <laughs> so I, I just want to lay down some ground rules. I mean, I know most concerts you don't go and they say, I'm going to lay down some ground rules. Okay? Harp music is very relaxing. If you fall asleep, that's a compliment. You don't have to wake up. Yeah, okay. So, so 
this is not like other concerts where you have to stay awake and you have to clap at the end of every song. Just enjoy it. Whether you're enjoying it like this. I mean, for example, today I went through my program and I said, Richard, will you listen and see if there's stuff I need to cut out? Every time I looked over at him, I just, you know, bless his heart, he's... <laughs> he was no help at all. <laughs> so, you know, so there's none of this. Got it? Okay, and the, and the other part of the ground rule is sometimes I forget to smile, I, you know, just go to sleep. <laughs> I, I really do love what I do, you know, and just keep that in mind. If, if I'm looking like, you know, it's the unfortunate shape of my face. Anyway, listen... Let's, let's do some worshiping, you know, some praising and, 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 and having some Christmas music. This first one is um, Messianic, and it's, it's one of the ones that, I, that ties all of the high holidays together, because this one is called the Hishayamda, and... Um, the words, I'm, I'm going to sing in Hebrew, so I'm going to tell you the English words. And this is the promise which sustains our fathers and us, that it is not just one enemy alone that stood up against us to destroy us, but that in each generation there are those standing up against us to destroy us. But the Holy One, Yeshua, blessed be he, saves us from their hands. We wrestle not against flesh and blood opponents, but against powers and principalities. And, and Yeshua, Jesus, we can go to him, we can stand on his shoulders, and he does the battle. The battle belongs to him. Anyway, so this is Vehishe Amda, and, um, oh, looking for that.
the glory to God.
Happy birthday, Jesus.
Thank you. This next one explores the upper register. Um, I think it, it sounds like a music box, and I enjoy that aspect of it. Uh. Thank you. Uh, this next one is called Gaudete, and it's from the 16th century, which, uh, it's, it's Swedish, and it, it comes from my favorite musical era, which is Renaissance. You know, I, I, love, I love the clothing, and probably the only thing I wouldn't like is the smell but <laughs> but the music of the of the renaissance was just fabulous because you've it's all melody you've got like these woven melodies everybody gets the melody they're all melodies weaving together and the weaving of the melodies makes harmony which is kind of an example of how we should be with with each other yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I love this one. It's called Gaudete, and it means rejoice.
Thank you. I want to read to you from Luke, Luke 2, 7, and then do a little bit of storytelling. And it's 7 through 13. And Mary gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in clothes, cloths, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terribly afraid. And the angel said to them, Don't don't be afraid, for I bring you good news of great joy that shall be for all people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, there appeared a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. That multitude, that's a word for, we couldn't count them. And this is just my theory, but I, I, I kind of had this little imagination of what must have gone on as God's preparing this pageantry of the entry of his son as God and man into the world through this virgin birth. And, you know, there was a lot of organization that went on tonight, but Imagine the organization that went on in heaven. Okay, so God's in his office, speaking in totally human terms. Say, Gabriel, could you, um, could you get a few angels together to do like a chorus for, for my son's birth? And um, yeah, um, you announce it, but then have a few of your, your singers sing. Yes, Lord. Gabriel comes back. He's wringing his hands. What's the matter, Gabe? Well, you know, you asked me to get a few singers, and I put the word out. Well, I can't tell anybody no. And they all want to go. God says, well, let them. And so all the angels, you know, that's why there's a host. Because who's God going to say, no, you can't go, you know? (laughs) Anyway, let's do, well, I'm going to do angels. We have heard on high. And you know what they were announcing? You're out of a job. (laughs) <laughs> the, the Lamb of God has just been born, and in about 30 years, you're out of job. And they rejoiced. Let's make sure I'm in the right key.
Thank you. Um, scholars that looked at December 25th, mostly Jewish scholars, have looked at December 25th and thought, that doesn't make sense. Um, a lot of times in, through history, God has put major events at major events. So he's got these high holidays that he set up at the beginning and then he celebrates them time and time again with different things. And so the, the Hebrew scholars believe that Jesus or Yeshua was born at, at um, Sukkot, which usually falls in September, which me being a, a nativity Advent Christmas lover, it's like, yippee, we get to start celebrating in September, and we get to go all the way. I mean, because after, after Sukkot, then the rest of the world starts celebrating, and we get to celebrate what has been, you know, so win-win. <laughs> this song is one of, the, one of the beautiful things that I really love about the Christmas season, whether it's in September or December or both, is that this is the one time when the whole world is looking in and saying, why? Christmas ties the Garden of Eden to the cross and explains the why in between. Why did he have to come as a virgin? Um, come through a virgin? Why? How is it that he's God, very God, and very man? So this song, this is called Sukkot, has its cradle, which it, for those of you, I'm sorry, for those of you who don't know what Sukkot is, in the fall, um, the, the Jewish people celebrate the trip from Egypt to Israel. And they, for the period of Sukkot, the celebration of Sukkot, they build little um, tem temples, or I mean, not temples, tabernacles, like tents, in their yards. And they stay in their, in their sukkah. For the, for the feast and the beautiful thing about that whether, whether Yeshua came during Sukkot or not it's a beautiful thought that he came to tabernacle with us he came to hang out with us basically so that's Sukkot and then um, Jesus basically came and fulfilled the Passover he is the ultimate Passover lamb so the um, so when you hear me sing Sukkot, that's the September feast, and when you hear me sing Pesach, think Easter, think the Passion Week. Okay, so. Um, So caught has its cradle, 
going to call Stephanie and um, we just met tonight so um, <laughs> call them up and um, turn it over turn it over to you our song might wake you up if you're sleeping <laughs> whenever you're ready Show. 
people to deliver born a child and yet a king born to reign in us forever now thy gracious kingdom wanted to say I loved um, your first song that you sang. It spoke to my heart because I, I started falling in love with Hebrew about seven years ago, especially with uh, the words, the letters of the alphabet and God's own name, you know, yod Hey vav Hey, um, the power of God, and, and Hey is like the revelation, and then Vav is a nail, and then another Hey is revelation. So it's that the power of God revealed through the nail, it was revealed through the so it's right, a picture in its own name. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so you want to come back? A wonderful segue to, you, you may have noticed that interchangeably I use Yeshua and Jesus. I love that name because you know what Yeshua means in Hebrew? Salvation. Yeshua Tenu is a, a word sentence that means our salvation. Can you imagine Mary saying, Hey, salvation, can you please bring me a bucket of water? 
from the, from the very beginning. Every time she says his name, it's a reminder he has a job. And, and so does she to, to raise him. So, I mean, just you think about that, it just blows your mind. Some of you know this song as Carol of the Bells. And the English words are, um, eh. But the, the, it's actually a Hungarian carol that has much deeper meaning. So. Thank you. You might wonder, you guys wondering what I'm doing up here? Yeah? These are called sharpening levers, and um, there are two different families of harps. There are the lever harps, which um, each note has its own lever, and I can raise 
each string pitch by half a step. And so these are my sharps and flats. And the other family of harps, like you see in concerts with the big crowns on them, they have pedals. And you can change each set of, of like all the C's change at once. And you can change to sharp or flat with the pedals. I don't have that luxury. I change one at a time. And as you saw in the last one, sometimes it has to be really fast. So. to make sure I'm in the right key. Otherwise, it's not fun. There's one thing about playing the harp is you have to learn your keys. The, the lover harp, you, you have to learn what it looks like. Okay, I think I got all of them. Thank you. Okay.
Thank you. How many of you have heard of Michael Card? Good, good. Yay, yay. <laughs> oh, hi. <laughs> um, he's one of my favorite um, Christian artists because he, he's such a thinker. And uh, this, is, um, this is his song, Emmanuel. Um, and I have to get in the right key.
Thank you. This is uh, more winter than Christmas. This, this is a uh, tone poem that I wrote, but I wanted to share you the story of what it was written on. Um, my daddy is my hero uh, because he overcame a lot and, and um, was a believer and he taught me a lot about um, faith. And, uh, but he worked two jobs. He had six little girls to raise. I was the fifth. And, um, and he was really busy. At the end of our street, um, they, the, the interstate, the, the loop of the, of the uh, cloverleaf was at the end of our street, and it made a, a little impression that collected water. And this was in Wichita, Kansas, and so we had some really good cold spells, and that collection of water would freeze. And about that time, my, um, my second cousin, who was in the New York Opera Company, you know, she gave me her skates. Oh, Daddy, can we go down to the ditch? It was a dangerous part of town, so he, I couldn't go by myself. He would come home from work. Daddy, can, can we go skating? Oh, I'm sorry. I have to do this or I have to do that. Car needs to be fixed. I'm sorry. But one night, the moon was full. And I asked again, Daddy, can we go skating? Yes. I've set aside some time for you. We're going to go down there and we're going to go skating. So the moon was full. Have you ever been in it's in the the weather where there aren't clouds really but the air is full of frozen water and it's not snow it's glitter and you know just fine it, it has to be stinking cold for that to happen but it, this was the environment that I got to go, finally, got to go skating. The moon was shining through all these little tiny glitters, and it was just magical. This is called Winter Reverie.
Thank you. Anybody go ice skating during that? No. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Thank you. 
Thank you. I would like to do one more for you. And I know you'll be tempted to sing with me, but you will do me a favor if you don't. It's difficult for me, and your singing distracts. Okay? Sorry. I'm sorry. Not that it was bad singing. I didn't mean that, but... But I have to work hard at this one.
Gloria Deo, all the glory to him. And thank you for letting me come and celebrate Christmas in the best way I know how. Well, now you can say you've had a messianic Christmas. <laughs> Thank you, Stephanie and BJ and uh, Vanessa. Wow, this, this felt like uh, gathering around the uh, hearth and having a family Christmas. I, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Before we dismiss you to uh, coffee and cookies and uh, hot chocolate, um, I wanted to point out that Vanessa has some CDs here at the back table that's in red. So if you're having trouble going to sleep. Don't play it in your car. No, no, no. And this is a free concert, but 
If you're moved to make a donation, we have a special offering box back there uh, by the, uh, to the right side of the double doors. If you can, please. If you can't, don't worry about it. Uh, also, we would like to make you aware that uh, Christmas Eve, 7 p.m., we will have a service. So if, if you're local and you need somewhere to gather, you'll be most welcome. As we say, uh, I spent a sojourn in North Dakota for seven years, and as they say up there, you'll be more welcome than the flowers in May. <laughs> After six months of snow, you're looking for those flowers. I want to leave you with this thought. Christmas to me is Santa Claus and uh, Jingle Bells, do you realize that the early church did not celebrate Christmas? They celebrated Advent. And sadly, uh, certainly here in America, commercialism has commandeered Christmas. So to me, I don't feel like I've really appreciated the season until I celebrate Advent. Sadly, we leave, uh, you see the nativity over here. Sadly, we leave baby Jesus in the manger. And we don't focus on why he came. Let me read you just a, a, few, a couple of verses regarding Advent. From John, chapter 1, verse 10 through 14. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. This is what Advent is about. Those who accept him, they are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the, <clears throat> excuse me, so the word became human and made his home among us. I love the message translation. The word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. He truly is our next door savior. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Let's celebrate Advent with some cookies. Yeah. Blessings to you all. Thank you for coming.